0: Backstage Pass is made possible by Mauer Productions On Stage, supporting community theater in central New Jersey.
1: Hello and welcome to Backstage Pass, central New Jersey's community theater podcast. I'm John Mauer and I'll be moderating this session where we will be talking about the musical Assassins being presented by Chang Ferrer Productions at the Kelsey Theater starting July 24th. Assassins is based on an idea by Charles Gilbert, Jr., with music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim and book by John Weidman. The show is a review-styled portrayal of men and women who attempted, successfully or otherwise, to assassinate presidents of the United States. Assassins prompts its audience to consider the motivations of its historical characters. It doesn't seek to justify them. It doesn't humanize them. It just lays them out, exposing them to the light of day. Sondheim's haunting score with songs like Another National Anthem and Something Just Broke gives the audience a glimpse into the inner thoughts of these tortured and twisted individuals. It had an off-Broadway run in 1990, and its 2004 Broadway run garnered its seven nominations and five Tony Awards, including Best Revival and Best Direction of a Musical. With me to talk about the Chang Ferreira production are director Frank Ferreira, technical director Judy Parrish. Cyrus Westcott, who plays the balladeer, John Zimmerman, who plays Charles J. Coteau, Jennifer DeVinio as Sarah Jane Moore, and Andrew Young, who plays the proprietor. Hello, thank you for joining us.
2: Hi
0: there. Hi, John.
2: Hi.
1: I guess my first question would be, why do assassins, especially now in the summer?
3: Well, I'll answer the first half of the question first. Um, why do assassins? I guess the, the flip answer is because we just did High School Musical uh, and something had to give.
0: <laughs> but um, the, the,
3: the real answer, I mean, I I just I, I think this is one of the greatest shows ever written. Um, I think that it's brilliant from beginning to end and I wanted a chance to see it performed. I felt like over the last couple of years we've seen the actors that we might need coming here to Kelsey and, and we, we started to feel like we could we could generate a good cast and I think we have. So that worked out well. Um, as far as the summer, well, we're doing it right around the 4th of July, which is, a, I think, an appropriate thing. It, you know, joking aside, the show is about what it is to be a citizen of this country. All of these people were that. All of these people were people who lived here. And we, we tend to focus on the, the sort of the American dream, right? Everybody's got the right to be happy. And this show is about what do people do when they're not? What do people do when they take that sentence a little too seriously? What happens then? And so I think it, it sort of suits the summer slot pretty well. Now, this is not in any way a lighthearted musical. <laughs> well, uh, I guess it depends on what you mean by lighthearted. It's very funny. There's a, a barbershop quartet sung by four murderers, and there's a, a an assassination of a dog, and... <laughs> I mean, it's funny. It's funny th- beginning and end. It's a comedy. So it's bring your kids. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's billed as a comedy. It's meant to be a comedy. Uh, that's not to say that it doesn't have serious themes. That's not to say it doesn't have serious moments. But there are parts that are funny, but it's a little dark.
4: I was going to say, you know, I, I think of this show as the kind of thing where you, you, you laugh to stop from crying. <laughs> I mean, these are people who are clearly, some of them in pain, either mental or physical. Um, All of them feel wounded or or wronged in some way. And so either you're going to spend an hour and a half to two hours crying for them and sympathizing with them, which is the way Stephen Sondheim and these writers clearly did not want to go, or you can just sort of laugh at the absurdity of it and then find yourself in with these characters in these dark <clears throat> moments where you have to then confront the reality of wow, maybe that's not as funny as I thought
3: it was. <laughs> one of the one of the things that I always found really well stated in the liner notes for the original r- recording of this show, the person who wrote them, and I can't recall who it is off the top of my head, I think it might have been the, uh, the artistic director of the theater in Houston where they premiered this, uh, said that after the show was over, he sort of watched the audience filing out and he saw two people coming out and one of them had clearly been moved by the show and the other had not. And the woman who had been moved was was crying and her her companion asked who she was crying for. Why are you crying for these people? And the woman who was crying said, I'm not, I'm crying for us. Because I think, and I think that's probably the, the essence of this show. The show isn't really about these nine people who tried or succeeded in killing the president. It's really about the rest of us. It's about our collective history, and it's sort of imagining this this history that didn't happen to explain the history that did. And this is a very character-driven piece. Yes, absolutely.
1: And being Sondheim, that means it also has extremely tough music that has to be learned and you
4: said a mouthful, right? Gen- g- gentlemen. Gentleman? <laughs> that, that pretty much sums up everything.
5: Uh, I did High School Musical with uh, Frank, and um, High School Musical is definitely not Sondheim, <laughs> by any means. <laughs> but uh, we love it. Yeah, oh, no, we do. We love it. Uh, yay, Disney. Um, <laughs> but no, the, the music is very difficult, but I think that's what makes it fun and interesting, and the whole cast has been working really hard with the music. Uh, as with anybody that has done son- Sondheim knows that It just takes time. It's very tedious, but it takes time, and once you get it, it sounds great.
4: To give you an idea of how difficult this is, (laughs) um, there's a barbershop quartet number, which Frank had alluded to, um, and in it I sing the lead part, which is supposed to be the melody. Um, and if you've ever seen Music Man, you know, there's, you know, light arose, I'm home again. Where the melody is this easy, simple line. So I have the easiest line, and it is the darndest part to try and learn, because it's a Sondheim melody. So even that is not an easy thing to do. And I feel like a jerk in rehearsals, because I'm messing up the melody, and everyone else is singing this thing where they're jumping up and down and an octave higher. And uh, Nick Chang is is trying to play all four parts simultaneously, and uh, he's a musical director. And it's just, uh, but just like anything, because it is so difficult, it is so rewarding. And when we do it right, I don't say if, I say when we do it right, it will be impressive.
1: So. Now, essentially, this is a small cast show. Yes. Ten or so characters yes. in it. Yes. Knowing the the challenges that were going to happen between the character-driven pieces and the music that had to be sung, did you have any issues in getting the cast
3: members that you needed to do this? Well, I mean, absolutely it's difficult because on top of all of those things, you also have characters who are mostly historical figures, so you can't cast them with anyone you want. There are certain age expectations and look expectations. Now, granted, most of our audience won't have seen, say, Charles Coteau assassinate... Uh, (laughs) assassinate James Garfield but most of our audience will know who Lynette Fromm was will know who John Hinckley was and will have certain expectations for how they should even look so yeah it's a pretty big challenge but we are tremendously happy with the people we got so Judy as technical director in this show
1: what's your focus when it comes to putting the show together
0: Um, well working with Frank and Nick is always fun from a technical aspect because they always come up with things that Need to be done like hanging someone or finding a bumper car for a set piece or trying to pull set pieces together. um, Some of the technical aspects, you know, and it's a challenge, particularly for the summer, since we have to remove the set every night because of Tomato Patch being in the theater. So setting things up that we can then move off and then move back and have that working is you know part of the fun.
1: Now the show itself can be done either a very large set. Or minimalist. And what direction are you guys going in?
0: Frank's vision really was sort of an old carnival, so a lot of the pieces are set up to look like we're in a carnival setting. That's why I mentioned a bumper car. The gallows won't look like a gallows. The um, there'll be interesting pieces that have been added, um, which There's I don't give. There's an electric chair. That's a dunk tank, right. For instance. Oh, yes. I just gave it away. Well, that was I was I was actually <laughs> thinking of the other piece. Okay. You know, so different things to set it up. Will be little individual areas for each of the actors that have their special moments. So it's it's not a huge big set thing, but there's pieces that need to be pulled in, and you know the biggest set piece is probably the gallows and how to do that, and then hopefully not really hang the actor, depending on how much they tick you off.
5: Uh, <laughs> I am in
4: such trouble.
5: <laughs> we cast about five understudies just in case. That
4: joke's not as funny to everyone else as, <laughs> <laughs> as it is to me. I will just uh. I, um,
3: I, I think one of the things we tried very hard to do with this production, very specifically to do, is uh, to not make the set, to not m- we're not going to make the production design in general, too big, too splashy, too uh, glamorous. These are not glamorous people. They do not live glamorous lives. They live desperate, shabby lives, and the the set and I think the whole we'll production looking. will reflect that to right. some extent.
0: We're going to leave everything out in the rain for a couple of days and then bring it inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you now, think we should? Yeah, I think we're getting. <laughs> <in>.
1: <laughs> so it's, as we mentioned, it was a character. This is a character-driven show. We've got four of those characters here with us. Who I'm going to go down the line here and just to get an idea of. Of what direction you're looking to take your character. And in deference, we're going to start ladies first. Thank you. Whoops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kairos, ladies and gentlemen. You're <laughs> uh, all weak. You. <laughs> um,
2: in terms of what, what do you
1: Well, you're playing okay. Sarah Jane Moore, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, for those who may not have that historical perspective, who was she?
2: Uh, Sarah Jane Moore uh, attempted to assassinate President Gerald. Board shortly after uh, Squeaky Fromm uh, attempted uh, assassinating him. Um, and, and she, uh, what I find intriguing actually about all the characters is uh, sort of, you, you always wonder why they do it? And not all the characters, in fact very few of them are the ones that you say, oh yeah, I could totally see this person was gonna go uh, you know, try to kill the president, you know, what it, what it means to them. Um, She, as I understand, she just seems um, a bit lost, sort of looking for where she fits in and and trying on different jobs, different husbands, different children, um, (laughs) you know, and and just trying to find where she fits in with with what group, and I, I think she's repeatedly unsuccessful and, and another way uh, she was trying to fit in was with uh, groups of, of radicals in San Francisco and uh, you know this was sort of her way of say take me seriously you know look, look what lengths I'll go to I really you know like me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so.
1: now the, the thought of this is that since most of these are historical characters except for like the proprietor Uh, Did you have to think to go back and and look at their lives, or did you do any research? Uh, Oh, yeah,
2: definitely. I read a lot (coughs) about her, um, about the hubbub that surrounded uh, her particular attempt, um, what happened with her sentencing, um, and and more recently, Hmm. her release after 30 years, and even that was Kind of interesting her approach and, and sort of how she, <laughs> hello, okay. how she processes the, the event even all these years later. And, and she's remorseful, but I, I still didn't get the impression <laughs> that she um, really understood the magnitude of what she did. You know I think she she addressed it as a um, an error in judgment
3: yes you after know after 30 years in prison
2: <laughs> y- yeah and, Oh, and, that
3: and that and interview again. is unbelievable <laughs>
2: yeah if I if I had the chance I
3: I do I, again. I would well know she was like I wouldn't no nah, I don't think I'd do it again <laughs> really that's what you learned <laughs> yeah <in> 30 years <laughs> but but
2: she felt certain that someone else would have so you know if it wasn't me it would have been somebody else very huh. very interchangeable, sort of still not taking that full Mm -hmm. accountability and responsibility and the the depth. (laughs) So she's, she's a very interesting character.
1: Now, Andrew, you are the proprietor. In the course
6: of this show, what's the proprietor's role? Well, the proprietor sort of acts, he's written in a way that you can take it in almost any direction. And the way I see it is, he's sort of that little voice in your ear. And... As the show progresses, as it goes on, he gets a little louder and a little louder and a little louder until he overtakes reason. And I think the challenge with the role is it's almost written in a way where you can play it like a used car salesman. But you have to blend it with the different, you know, patterns with each character, making sure that each character is, gets to hear you. You know, I wouldn't talk to a character like Sarah Jane Moore as I would talk to a character like John Wilkes Booth. They're completely different people, and it's sort of, uh, he's the sort of guy, the proprietor, who tries to get each, and, each of these people to, to do something that maybe they weren't thinking about doing, but pushing them to going to extremes.
1: Now, was there anything that you thought of from literature that, may, that you could use to pull this off?
6: Well, I think, um, I, I've done a lot of reading, I'm a huge history buff and uh, I'm also, I also took psychology in college. So I've kind of been going through each of the assassins and kind of finding different things, different nuances in them that would make them tick and trying to like really drive those points. Um, there's one character in the show, Leon Cholgosh, who um, he shot and killed Bill McKinley and I found different patterns and things he does when he's on stage earlier in the show that later in the show I try to incorporate them to help him kill Bill McKinley.
1: Now, John, mm-hmm. you are playing Charles J. Gateau. Not one of the better-known assassins, but one of the, probably one of the most interesting characters in the show itself.
4: I happen to agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm, I, if, if I had killed a more famous president, <laughs> I might have been better remembered. Um, that scoundrel must have been removed, and I was... If I didn't do it, someone else would have, as my lovely partner in crime says. But, yeah,
1: we have <laughs> a fun it, it, scene it's together. It's an assassin that's always the optimist.
4: Well, he is, but I, you know, I have a lot of fun with him because as most eternally optimistic and, you know, look on the bright side of life, confident people are, I believe that inside he simply wants his daddy to pay attention to him and for someone to recognize that he is good and special, and special. <laughs> you
3: know... Oh, he's special. He is <laughs> special, <laughs> he is. But he's... he's, You know, his.
4: his in, in this isn't in the show. In in reality, he was a member of this group, the Oneida. Um, uh, what the Oneida, I don't remember the complex or whatever it was. It was sort of a, almost like a cult. It was um, a group marriage type place. And he was kicked out twice. <laughs> and the second time he left, he... Um, he tried to sue the person who ran it, and his father wrote a letter of um, credibility or whatever uh, whatever you want to call it for the trial for the guy who owned the United <laughs> Group um, against his own son. So clearly there was some family issues going on. Uh, but, but also, he, he's sad. I mean I think he's the saddest of all these stories because they are all filled with this clear rage and or well not all uh, not, not all but most clear. of these <laughs> most of these characters have this 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 anger and you 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 see why they did it and you and and with him He's sort of like a child, and I, I think there's a lot of parallels between Sarah Jane Moore and Charles Gateau and, and, our, and, and, and we're, we're very sinister and adult, but we're also children, too. In some ways, I think
2: I think, I think much more deranged. Well, clearly yes. deranged and delusional, and I, yes. I I mean that you yes. know that he he's just all over the map. I you know today right. I want to be this. I wake up and I'm going right. to be this. Tomorrow right. I'll do something. I else. I mean
4: and and I talk be, about it in the show no all the different fear. jobs I've 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 done, and he failed at almost all of them except for the bill collector position because he was so annoying that people would pay their <laughs> bills just to get rid of him. Um, but but he was he was a man who didn't know how much of a failure he was, outwardly. Mm-hmm. But in w- my portrayal, I know absolutely how much of a failure I am in the character, and it's always there, just below the surface, waiting to come out.
3: You know. There's a really remarkable moment in the show for me, for Gato specifically, when you know he he, spoiler. He kills the president, and he is executed by hanging. And um, just before he's hanged, he, he screams out, um, I shall be remembered. And uh, I think it's it's one of those things that, that Sondheim does better than any other writer, because it relies on the fact that the audience doesn't know who he is. Yeah. Never heard of him. So in that moment when the audience hears him saying that, there's a connection that they make, which is that, that's his final failure, because they don't know who he is. He wasn't remembered at all. He needed this show to be remembered.
4: He absolutely this, and in, in fact, in in some weird history sense, my portrayal of him will be remembered more than he, <laughs> than will, he be. will be. <laughs> absolutely. Right. And I mean, this is this guy. This is how much he wanted to be remembered. He could buy a cheaper gun or a more expensive gun that was fancier looking, and he borrowed the money to buy the more expensive gun so that when it was on the wall in the museum. It would look better, and the gun has been missing for over a hundred
3: years. <laughs> I think that sums it up. It really yes. does.
1: Now, Kyrus, you play the balladeer, does who is, it? I guess, for lack of a better word, a narrator, a person who
5: brings yeah. the story of these people to the audience. Just like uh, all the other people in the show, I did my research for this role, and I, uh, <laughs> I looked up the word balladeer. And <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, balladeer means um, a person who sings ballads. <laughs> um, very interesting <laughs> stuff thanks for that I actually read that on the back of a Snapple bottle the um, show's going to be great I actually sometimes feel as though the balladeer is kind of like the opposite of the proprietor as in the proprietor he's like the instigator with all of this and the balladeer uh, he is the narrator and he, he does you know you know, ex- uh, introduce a lot of the characters and explain a lot of the characters, but he also tries to understand the characters, and he kind of gives the. But why did you do it? Like, why? What it's is like your the reasoning? Check right. FBI. It's like it's like what you in the audience. You're sitting there. The th- what you're thinking in your head. Like, why are they doing this? I, that's, I'm just singing that. <laughs> I'm singing uh, <laughs> that uh, good, hopefully. Um, but you know, it, I I feel Balladir is just, he's very very, just let me just say what you're thinking and, and hopefully we'll try to understand why these people did what they did and I spend the entire show trying to understand that.
1: Now back in the 1990s when the show first ran in New York before it hit Broadway I remember seeing commercials publicity for it i had seen Sweeney Todd and, and uh, practically grew up on Sondheim so my first thought was oh a Sondheim show And then I saw it's about assassins. Hmm, Do I want to go see a show about assassins? (laughs) But I have to tell you that, and I normally don't do this when I'm doing the interviews, is that it is such a phenomenal show when you hear it and when you see it, and the the feeling that the audience gets that it it's well worth going to see. And I I
4: hardly think so. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you, this show is so good that I went to the University of the Arts just because the guy who was the head of the musical theater department there kind of came up with the original idea for it, Charles Gilbert. And his original idea is not even at all what it currently is. I mean, they, they took it and completely changed it. But, I mean, that's how much I love this show. I mean, you know, it's... I ended up leaving the school, but, you know. <laughs> that, that said, and here's,
3: here's something that, I, I mean, I realize that in some ways this is a counterintuitive thing to say to people who you want to come see it. But it is not a show for everyone, no. right. uh, and and I think personally that no show worth seeing is a show for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's for everyone, then it's really
2: bland for no one.
3: <laughs> so I, I mean, we're definitely not recommending it for children under the age of thirteen, due to potentially objectionable language and very strong adult content. <laughs> personally
6: uh, this is the first musical i've done in over two years and the thing that draws me to this show is i don't really see it as much a musical as i see it a play with music behind it i think in a lot of musicals the music and the lyrics kind of just embody the emotion but i think in a show like assassins sondheim gives the actor the opportunity to embody the emotions he doesn't you know, rely on the chords. He he lets you know the actors do the job, and I think that's what made me come all the way down to Kelsey to do this show. Is this show is so powerful because it gives the actors
3: a chance to act? So, what does Chang freire have coming up later in the season? Well, in uh, September of this year, we will be producing the musical Jekyll and Hyde by Frank Wildhorn. Uh, this is actually worth mentioning. Our Musical director and uh, executive producer Nick Chang is the uh, assistant to Mr. Wildhorn, and we will be doing a different version of Jekyll and Hyde than has ever been presented ever. So if you're interested in Jekyll and Hyde, but want to see songs that you've never seen before, come see ours. Well, for those who want to come out and see Assassins, performances
1: will be at the Kelsey Theater on the West Windsor campus of Mercer County Community College, and it will begin on July 24th and run through August 2nd. Tickets are $16 with discounts for seniors and students. Go to www.kelsey@mccc.org or call 609-570-3333 for further information and reservations. I want to thank my guests, Frank Ferrara, Judy Parrish, Kyris Westcott, John Zimmerman, Jennifer DeVinio, and Andrew Young for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Backstage Pass, I'm John Maurer.